This is Tracy. And this is Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. Today we have a very special guest on the episode. Yes, uh, we have with us today Sarah Perry, and Sarah Perry comes to us today. She has her first—is it your first Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. It's starting next week, called Gift of Tulips. When's that date? I want to know that date. March second. So I think when people are going to listen to this, it's actually going to be literally the next day. So yes. We're gonna, yep. Everyone's going to be super cool. stoked and want this game. And they're all going to fund it and it's going to be awesome. It is. it is. Yes. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me. You bet. So as I mentioned, this is your first um, game that you've designed. Is that correct? So this is, yeah, the first one that I've designed that's going to Kickstarter. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've done tons that are never going to make it anywhere near Kickstarter. So if we take a step back, how did you, um, what brought you into the hobby of board games, tabletop games, any of that type of mm-hmm. thing? So my family growing up kind of played all of the normal board games that you would see families playing like Monopoly and Sorry and all of that. Um, but I didn't really get into hobby gaming until I was in high school. I got like really into the um, uh, Will Wheaton show on YouTube where he would play games and stuff. Nice. And so I bought a bunch of games and then none of my friends at school wanted to play. <laughs> and they were all <laughs> like, why, why do you want to play like really fancy tricked out board games? So I didn't really actually get to get into games until I went to college. So I went to the University of Montevallo in Alabama, and they have this really cool game studies and design minors program where it's it's studying the design of board games. And just like games in general, they touch on video games too, but I was super excited about it because normally when you see game design programs in schools, you only see video game related programs, but this one was like primarily board games. Nice. So I got really, really into that program. <laughs> um, and through that, I had like a, there's a games club at school that I could get into and I started going to cons and it's just kind of spiraled from there. Nice. That's awesome. So you mentioned the um, University of Montevallo's um, game studies and design program, which we found out a little bit about that information um, from your BGG page. And did you go to that university um, knowing you wanted to? study that or did you go there for something else first is that all they do at that university so Montevallo is Alabama's Alabama's where I'm at it's Alabama's only public liberal arts school so 
I, at the time, really wanted to get into English and writing. Like, I wanted to be a teacher. So I was like, liberal arts school for English. That's where I want to go. But, I mean, there were other schools that I was considering at the time. And I found out about the program while I was still in high school. So I was like, yeah, this is like the the linchpin in it. I'm, I'm definitely going here so I can do that, too. That's awesome. That is cool. So when you were go when you went there and you took those classes or whatever, like were there some things that, that you, I mean, obviously you, le- you learn lots of things, but were there some things that kind of surprised you that you were like, wow, this is, I, this is totally what I wasn't expecting when I was, when I signed up for it. Yeah. So there, the, the kind of capstone class for it is a game design workshop where it's two semesters long and you literally like get a, prompt to design a game and you design a new game every two weeks so it was like a really intense kind of design experience and so I like by then I was in I think like my second second or third year of college so I kind of knew a little bit about games by then because I had been in them for a couple of years but I didn't really know the kind of all the different stuff that goes behind board games and designing them. So that program really, really like stuck it in my head about how sometimes difficult it is, but also like really fun and exciting it is to design. Uh, So that, that was a big thing that I learned. That's awesome. Cool. They need more of that kind of thing. Cause literally I know that they have that kind of stuff, but like I've, I've never known anybody that's actually done it. So that's, that's awesome. Well, and like you said, um, most of it seems to be centered around like video games and programming of video games and design of that and not on the board game tabletop side. So that's yeah. cool to hear that they offer that. Yeah, it, it, it's a really cool program. They go like the stuff that you start off with is like historical background of games so you go all the way back to like royal game of ur and the history of chess and like all those really old games and then progress up to video games and see kind of how video games have taken stuff from board games over time and then moving on into modern games that we would know now in our hobby market um, and kind of seeing how they're influenced by the old games but also the new culture that we have going on but then also there, there are sometimes aspects of video games that make it into them too. Nice. Very interesting. So you left, um, I'm assuming you graduated mm-hmm. um, from the university. And then um, did you step right into another um, fact that we saw was um, that you have or you had worked for um, Jellybean Games and Pandasaurus mm-hmm. Um, doing some customer service type work. So some of their marketing and things like that for their Kickstarters and possibly maybe their website and things like that. Do you still do that? Did you move right into that? Can you talk a little bit more about that? That was kind of a loaded question. Holy moly. (laughs) I am sorry. (laughs) Boom. Uh, I, I actually am still working for both of them. So I'm doing customer support for Pandasaurus right now. And then I've recently within the last, like since the beginning of 2021 have stepped into the shoes of the operations manager for Jellybean Games. So I'm doing all, all kinds of things. I've had basically almost all of the positions at Jellybean now. I've done customer support. I've done logistics and shipping. I do 
the marketing related stuff and social media now. And then I also do like the operations management kind of like higher level managerial type of stuff. So I've done like all the, all the things, <laughs> all the things you can do and like helping on Kickstarter pages and stuff like that. So I didn't actually get right into those jobs right out of college. So I didn't know people like I, Peter who runs Jelly Bean Games. I didn't know Peter when I graduated college. So one of the really great things that Montevallo does is it has um, a grant program. So it will fund students going and presenting work at like, like conventions and stuff that they go to. So the game stuff was very fun and exciting because I could say, I have designed a game, please pay for me to go to this convention. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to get a lot of funding and a lot of like university support to go to conventions and network with other professionals and being able to say you're a student that is learning about game design is really helpful for opening some doors that would be harder to open in other situations. Mm -hmm. So I got to know a lot of people by the time that I graduated. So I didn't step right into those roles, but I kind of already had that network built up. And it wasn't until about almost exactly a year after I graduated uh, where Peter was like, hey, we need somebody to do customer support. You have a few extra hours in your week. So it was a lot of just like, putting in the work to show people the stuff that I could do and then really trying to organically grow those relationships. So it looks kind of like I just got a job pretty soon after I graduated college, but I was working on those relationships and that networking for years before I actually got to that point. Yeah. Well, and building those relationships is really the start to all of that mm-hmm. because then, you know, you know, it's something like that, that's going to last for years, potentially. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, once you create another game that you feel is worthy, then maybe, maybe they'll publish it for you. (laughs) Hey, come on, a girl can dream. (laughs) Awesome. Did you have a question for her, Kirk? Yeah, at the top of my head, it's one of the notes, but it was kind of something that kind of creeped in my head. So how, so with Gift of Tulips, how did you end up, uh, well, I could probably guess one of the reasons why you hooked up with Weird Draft Games because Carla and Nick are both in Alabama around you, so I can only assume, but how did you hook up with Weird Draft Games for Gift of Tulips? So, yeah, we are we do actually live like two, two and a half hours away from each other, so it's not like super far and inconvenient, but it's still like a lot still to a drive. drive. So we don't yeah. have to meet up super often. We mostly meet up at like local cons or I mean, if we go to like other, you know, big cons like Gen Con or something like that. So Carla runs in some of the same circles that the other people that I know do. So I think we just met kind of through that. And I think maybe somebody even was like, Hey, you're from Alabama. I know somebody else from Alabama that's here. (laughs) Um, So I, I think it was more that we just kind of run in the same, like pretty similar circles. So I think Mm -hmm. we got introduced that way. Um, But I mean, we, we know each other now and I think, I think Carla likes me. Like (laughs) I think we're friends. So we need a lot of cons and local stuff. Yeah, do we do we need to cut that part out? <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's cool. Yeah, we we've um, been able to have the opportunity to be able to play 
and play test some of Carla's games at cons too. So we've had the pleasure of being able to meet her in person and her mind just races. Holy cow. Yeah. She's, she definitely has all uh, pistons running at the same time. It's, <laughs> she, it, she, ex- she exhausts me in a good way. Like, yeah. it's like, holy smokes. Like, I can't believe how smart she is. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is pretty nuts. And by the way, Alabama is a state. It's not like a city. Did Kurt. I just so, said a city? Sorry. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay. No, but he, he like talked about Alabama, like, boom, you're going to be here no. and Carla's well, going to be right is, though, here and you're going to be like, hi, th- and we're just going to live really close together. Like thing is, is that's my, that was going to be a joke. I was going to say, because, because we're from Wisconsin. And when I was younger, my dad was in the Marines. So we moved around a lot and we get the same thing. Like, Oh, I know somebody that lives in Milwaukee. And I'm like, that's like four hours away from yeah. where I live. So I don't think I'm going to know this person, but we could try. You know, like, yeah, my, my dad was in the army growing up. So I, I know your pain. <laughs> that's why when he said that, I was like, but that's a state. So like they could live anywhere. Yeah. Like one could live at the top of the state. One could live at the bottom, like left, right, you know, whatever. So what an awesome opportunity to be able to, to work. So, so you have this game idea. Did you reach out to her and say, Hey, I have this game and I, I really want someone to be able to kind of pick it up and run with it with me. Or did she say, Hey, do you have a game? (laughs) I want to, I want to work on something with you. Or how, how did that happen? So it was really just, we we were playtesting together, honestly. So we when we meet up at cons, we try to help each other playtest different games that we have going on if we have the time and, you know, like cons are super busy. So there's a local con that happens here in Birmingham, like 15 minutes away from me. And Carla comes down for it every year. Um, or I mean, like as often as she can come down for it. Yeah. So I think we just met up there and I was like, hey, I have this game. I think it's almost ready to be pitchable to different publishers. You want to help me play test it and see if there's anything I can tune up before I start pitching it. And so we play tested it there a couple of times and we talked through some stuff. And then like a, like a week later, I got a message that was like, Hey, have you, have you asked any publishers yet? Like, can you just send it to me? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. So now it's finally your turn. How excited are you to get your game on Kickstarter? I am very excited. Um, I've been sending, <laughs> like, there, there are a bunch of reviews that are finally starting to come in, like, at, at the time of filming this, uh, which it's been very exciting to get to see what other people say that, like, aren't my friends and feel beholden to not make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's been really nice to get to see all the reviews and what people are saying about it. And I've been sending, like, every single thing that comes into my parents and they've been posting about it on Facebook. So it's very exciting. That is awesome. And how can you, how can you not have like be smiling from ear to ear and be so proud for something that you've worked so hard on and, you know, something that you deem worthy enough and to be able to put out there. So now that everyone's been waiting why don't you tell everyone what Gift of Tulips is all about? Where you got the idea from? Maybe let's start with that. Where 
where you got the idea from. What's the background of Gift of Tulips? So, so I really like little card games and I like little card games that have like a whole lot of depth and a lot of like really, really meaty, interesting decisions. And the ones that I've really seen that do a lot of that are like a stock and auction related little card games. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what would that look like if it was reimagined into something different? And so that's kind of where it started and it snowballed and snowballed and I had been tinkering with it and working on it for like a year and a half or something pretty consistently. So it just kind of started from there and it it's had a really interesting theme progression where I really, really like nature and like animals and stuff. So like almost every game that I make starts off with that theme. (laughs) So it started off as a gardening game when the mechanics didn't really fit gardening as a theme. I changed the theme. So it for a brief period of time was about farming dinosaurs and like a Jurassic park style thing. And then it switched to uh being based on the show Hilda on Netflix when I got like really really into it and I was like I'll just make it I'll just redo this and just make it a Hilda game because that's what I want (laughs) Uh, and then it you know as the theme had to get changed to fit the mechanics and then the mechanics had to get changed a little bit to fit the theme and feel better it just kind of kept shifting themes around until finally it was like this is a gardening game again (laughs) (laughs) so it just kind of came full circle And so now it's all about tulips. That's right. I love tulips. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about how the game plays? Mm -hmm. So it's your actual actions that you take on your turn are really simple. So it's just draw a card, take an action, draw another card, and take a different action. So there are three actions in the game. So the first one is that you can add a tulip card into your bouquet So these are just your tableau cards you have in front of you, and they'll score points potentially at the end of the game based on, you know, what the different tulip colors are worth. You can add a tulip into somebody else's bouquet. That's where the gifting comes in. So you give it to somebody else, and then you get points equal to whatever that tulip is worth at that moment when you get it to them. And then they get to keep that card and score it at the end of the game. And then the third thing you can do is add a card into the the center market. And the cards in the center, the cards in the center market are going to determine how the tulips in everybody's bouquet are going to score. So when you add something to the market, you get to see um, what the total of that color tulip is. So let's say blue tulips have eight total in cards in the market. So they're worth the most. So at the end of the game, if you have a lot of blue, you could potentially score a lot of points because blue is worth a lot. Um, But if pink is worth not very much, you can add a card to that and then the pink value will go up and then it might push blue to the bottom. So it kind of shifts throughout the game. So you're kind of trying to balance what you're putting in your bouquet to try to get points at the end of the game based on you know, what the end game state looks like, but also really trying to take advantage of that shifting market by gifting tulips to other people at the right time so that it's actually better for you. And I'm acting as if I never played this game before, (laughs) but we have played it. We've played a lot of games of it. 
Um, more to come on that um, as our review will come out. How many players does the game play? It's two to six. Two to six. Is there talk of like a solo variant on this game at all? I'm not sure. Actually, okay. that is a that's a Carla question. And okay, <laughs> no, I was just I was curious. She tends to throw a lot of solo variants on her mm-hmm. games. Um, she. Uh, writes a lot of those, doesn't she, Kurt? Yeah, it seems yeah. like it. Yeah, <laughs> it sure. seems like it. So I was curious as to whether or not she she was doing that. So how did you um, did you select the art, like the artist that um, did the art for this game, or how was the artist for this game selected? I actually know Emily from working with other other people at different cons. It's all that network and getting to know people. So. Yep. I, I had seen a lot of her artwork before and it's so beautiful and she mm-hmm. does really good like nature related art. So when Carla was asking me, like, I have some people that I normally reach out to, to artists. Do you have people too? I was like, Emily should do this. Like it was a given that you wanted to see if she would do it for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And not spoiling our review of it, but the, the, the art is fantastic. I know. I mean, it's literally, yeah. Like as soon as you see it, like the especially the card backs. The card backs are just wow. I really like it. Really pops. I love it. Oh, the the white and the blue, and Mm -hmm. yep. And then the the colors of the tulips and stuff Mm -hmm. are so vibrant. For sure, Um, they really pop on the cards too. So Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Can you think of? something else that you wanted to ask mm. i don't want to interrupt you no no you've asked all the questions i'm that I've been so thinking. sorry <laughs> it's okay so um for for those for those that want to um back this kickstarter and make this wonderful woman's dream possible can you tell them where they can back it when they can back it how much they can back it for the, all the details in the entire world. <laughs> Spill the beans. Promote yourself. <laughs> Don't be humble. Yeah, so it, it's going to be on Kickstarter. I'm going to have a link probably pinned in my Twitter page. And I, if you follow Weird Draft Games on Twitter as well, um, I'm sure they're going to be doing lots of posting. They have a newsletter you can sign up for, I think. Um, but you can... You can follow me at Sarah Perry 96 uh, for like different updates during the Kickstarter account. Um, it is S-A-R-A. There's no H in my name. People get confused all the time. <laughs> um, I know the feeling. So, <laughs> so you can follow along there. I believe it's going to be a $15 game, uh, but I, you, you have to check the page to find out. <laughs> okay. That's right. Make them do their homework. Like Heck it. yeah. <laughs> if they want it, they have to work for it. That's right. But we said Tuesday, March 2nd, go and um, head over to Kickstarter. Look for this game, Gift of Tulips by Sarah Perry. Fund this bad boy and um, make her dream a reality. Am I missing anything else, Kurt? I, I think I have one more question. Is oh. there anything in the future that you're really excited that you're working on that you could maybe talk about a little bit? I mean, I have ideas for other projects. I haven't been doing a ton of design over the last year because I just 
I haven't had the bandwidth for it, mm-hmm. but I want to. <laughs> so <laughs> I, hopefully there will be stuff in the future. I just, I have to have the, you know, the, the time and the bandwidth yeah. uh, to work on it. Yeah, believe me. But we if you it. follow along with anything that Jellybean Games does, I do have a hand in that. So if you, you follow nice. along with them, you are inadvertently supporting me too. <laughs> Nice. Well, and then hopefully once this Kickstarter is funded, wink, wink, um, then you'll have more of a bandwidth to be able to start working on something else new and exciting. And then we'll have you on the show again. And then you'll be like, well, yeah, this is what I did now. I'm a big deal. Cool. All right. Well, all right. So make sure you go to Kickstarter, make sure March 2nd, you look for that weird draft games, gift of tulips, go sign up and help fund and make this reality. Start following Sarah on Twitter. That's right. At Sarah Perry 96 mm-hmm. and at weird draft games and Sarah without an H. That's right. And mm-hmm. look for our review, which should be, is it going to be, be attached gonna to be this attached one? to this. Oh, yeah. so just keep listing them. <laughs> Now that we've talked to Sarah Perry about Gift of Tulips, we'll give you our thoughts and our review on the game. Yeah, awesome. So I'll start first with kind of like my thoughts on it. Um, I suppose. I When we were approached about playing this game and having the conversation with Sarah, I was on, I was on board. I didn't know what I was expecting because I didn't really know about Gift of Tulips that much. The one thing I thought of was, oh, this will be fun to play with you because I know that you're a big fan of tulips. They're your favorite flower. But I didn't know about the gameplay and if I'd like it, but I I really enjoy this game. I like that. I love the hidden agenda of like putting stuff in that secret market or whatever that's called to kind of, because you don't know if that's going to update, you know, what kind of placement you're going to get for like first place and second place and, and beyond or whatever. Cause depending upon how many players you're playing, you get a certain amount of points and stuff like that. And I like that aspect of it. I like that you can manipulate the, the scene market in the middle where you're, you know, changing the values and stuff like that. So even if you don't have very many points in one of the flower, like, you know, the blue flower, you're like, Oh, I don't have as many points in that. So I'm going to, you know, put a card on, you know, like the orange tulips or whatever to kind of get those to be a little more, you know, give more points and stuff like that. There's a lot going on here. It's a simple and easy game to learn, but I like that there's a lot of manipulation you can do to help yourself win the game and to help other people lose too, even. Yeah, I I agree with you. I feel like you could feel like you have the um, the win in the bag. And somebody may come back based on those uh, secret cards that you draw at the end. You place five in that market or that festival at the end. And that can be a game changer. So unless you have the ability to collect points by adding to others' bouquets or adding to your bouquet or that type of thing to boost up your points throughout the game, that could totally change everything. So you could think, oh, yeah, the blue tulips are in first place right now. I have the most first place tulip points, and everything's going to be awesome. I'm going to score 15 points at the end of the game. 
you may not score (laughs) or you may score five or, you know, something like that, depending on the player count. And so there's that unknown. And I like that. Yeah. There's lots of different strategies you can actually go through in this game, which I think is pretty cool because you could be like, okay, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to hand a bunch of tulips to everybody else and score those big points right away. Because like if you hand somebody like first and second place, tulips or whatever you're going to get more points that way there's another way where you could you could put a lot of secret stuff in that secret market or whatever and you could really be like well everyone's going to think that this blue one is going to be the one to do it but i'm going to keep putting these you know purple flower or purple purple tulips in there and by the end of the game it's going to boost it up hopefully hopefully if those are the ones you draw at the end yeah yeah and that and that's kind of like a a wild card kind of game changer but also like you know you can do the thing too where you're building up a bunch of your tulips and your bouquet and then also putting a bunch in the that um that revealed market or whatever to kind of boost yourself up but it you know there's it, it's balanced enough too to where you can't do too much of one thing otherwise you're really going to limit yourself and you're possibly going to lose well and i think that's the nice part is that you each person gets two actions but you can never do the same action twice in your turn so it's not overpowered in the aspect of hey i'm going to want to get more victory points so i'm going to hand out tulips to this person and i'm going to hand it out to this person so then I'm going to get, let's say, 10 victory points or something like that because I've I've handed out flowers for other players' bouquets both times. You can't do that because you can only give a flower once and then you have to choose a different action. So you can't, so somebody can't choose that for the, both of their turns, Yeah, which is really nice too. Mm-hmm. So then you have to think of something else. Do you want to take one do you want to add it to the center of the market do you want to hide it like kurt was talking about like what do you want to do so you have those actions um to decide from yeah so the sky's the limit and it plays different every single time so yeah well it all depends upon people's personalities too because some some you know some people might go like the same way every time thinking like this is going to maximize you know, my point count and stuff like that. So you can kind of play to their, the way they gameplay. But also you're going to have those players too that are going to switch it up every time. Well, you know what? I'm going to try it from this angle and see how that works. So. And also depending on the player count, you actually set aside flowers at the very beginning of the game. So there, there are flowers that you count out and you set aside depending on the amount of players you're going to play. Not the amount of players. Yeah. How many how many players are going to play the game? Mm-hmm. And then you set those flowers that are unknown. So you may be like rooting for a certain color of tulip throughout the game, but you may not know that you've set that outside of the game play for the for that entire game. So I think it's like for three players, you set aside four tulips that you won't use through the entire game. And I think if you play two players, it's even more that you set aside, like maybe nine or something like that. Um, quite a few that you set aside that won't even come into play as you're playing through the game at all. So there's that unknown of 
what cards will we never see? Yeah. So you can't like, you know, even though the game might tell you that there's so many of, you know, two point tulips, three point tulips, four point tulips. And this you, color, that color. Yeah, you're not going to be able to count those cards because you don't know what those hidden cards are yep. that are out of the game. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of good balance to this. Like, even like you referencing, you know, the player count. Like, we, we only played this at two and three players just because right now with COVID, we, we can't get with a game group and stuff like that. So we played this with Logan with three players and, and me and Tracy with two. And I feel like it plays great in both aspects with the two and the three player game. and i and i think you were hesitant that or i think at first you were like i think i'm gonna like this better with three players than with two and i said ah, i think you should wait and see how it plays out because i think it plays great as a two-player game it does and i think you had to decide like after we finished playing i like it as a two-player game i think it plays great some games aren't like really made to or not as good as a two-player game. I like it as both a two- and a three-player game. Mm -hmm. I think it would add even more variability if you played more players than that. Yeah. But I liked the difference when we add Logan in there to be able to choose between um, gifting him a tulip versus you and seeing what his choices he made too. Yeah. So And and I think that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was thinking about more players. Because then you have to really keep track of what everybody is kind of thinking. And once you get to more players, that can be difficult because you're like, okay, how's this player playing? How's this player playing? You know, so, you know, playing with two players, sometimes you can kind of gauge what people are doing because of their personalities. But like I said, if they change that up, then it could, you know, change the game itself. So, yeah. But yeah, no, it plays great at two. And it's one of those that we, you know, again, it's, it's very it's a light game it plays fairly quickly it's very easy to teach you can just you know you just have to figure out the colors and the point system and stuff like that and what you're doing for each little area um like you know the they have a nice little uh, um, point tracker and even like the numbers for the the tracker for the tulips too so if you can't if you don't want to be sitting there counting how many you know how much uh points are on each tulip in in that uh, that um, market that market or whatever. Then you don't have to because it's it's sitting there waiting for you to just kind of see or whatever. So you don't have to, you know, go through too much. I mean, this just it plays very smoothly, and I think this is a this is a great addition to the Weird Giraffe Games line. Yeah. So. Yep. So if we now that you've kind of well, and, oh, one more thing for me to add. Yeah. Um, which we really, we kind of talked about when we, um, when we asked Sarah some questions, but was the art. Yeah, the art. Yeah. I was, it's funny cause I was like, oh, I really hope you, you say that one thing is about the art. Cause I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't talk about it. So go ahead. Um, so Sarah had alluded to, um, selecting the artist or kind of having it be a given of the artist that she picked was... I think her name is Emily. Um, the artist is Emily Hancock, and I guess I think Sarah said she was really familiar with working with Emily on this before. But the art is very bright and brilliant um, for the tulips. But then on the back side of the cards and the player um, 
like the first, second, third, and fourth place for the tracking in the market or the festival cards um, are kind of like that um, blue and white old, what would I call that? Kind of like a... Well, it's, it's, it's looking like, it's it's trying to mimic like art from like old school Amsterdam and stuff like that. So like, like if you see like, I know uh, Carla had posted a pic of like, they have like those glass shoes or whatever, or those ceramic shoes that have that art on them. Oh yeah. I was going to say a clog, but it's not really a clog. It is a clog. Well, it is though. a clog. Yeah, it totally is. But it's like that blue, like that, um, it just kind of calls to you as like that blue and that white, all that, Design. Some people have it in like plates and stuff like that um, from over in Holland and that type of thing. Because tulips are very popular in Holland. That's where a lot of people, you know, a florist have to order tulips and stuff yeah. like that. They they have them sent over from Holland. Yeah. And I don't think that's where they originated because I think, I think, again, Carla, I think posted like that's where everybody th- thinks of them. And there's a abundance of them, but they originated somewhere else. I can't remember. But yeah, the art I just wanted to mention too, like uh Emily Hancock did the illustration, but I'm gonna butcher these names. I'm so sorry, but uh Casey Cow, I think is her name, and Maria Gabriella Patino did the graphic d- did the graphic design and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like it really makes like the colors pop, like the backs of those cards, that Amsterdam, like that old school uh, bluish and white look, looks very classic. Just everything about this game really pops. Yep. And it, it's really, it's exciting to play. It's fun. Yeah. So. so with that being said, now that I kind of bopped us back to that. Yeah. So if we talk on the MFG cast scale, when we do reviews, um, we talk about how we would rate this game. So... Kurt, if we talk about it, and um, you have a choice between um, a collection keeper, meaning it's a game that is on our shelf, you're going to want to pull it off the shelf, play it all the time, talk about it all the time, dream about it all the time, <laughs> all those kinds of things. You have a fair player, which means you love the game, you'll probably tell people about the game. You'll want to play the game, but it might not hit the table all the time. But it is one that will hit the table. Mm-hmm. There's overlooked, meaning that um, you enjoy the game, but it isn't one that's really going to hit our table. Yeah, it's probably one of those that's going to hit like maybe once or once every couple of years or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it doesn't mean that we don't have respect for the game. It just means that. There are other games that we would select to play first. And then there's the unfortunate passer, meaning we didn't care for the game and chances of us playing that game again are slim to none. So if you had to pick um, and rate this game, not if you had to pick, you are going to rate this game, You're making me pick? Oh, no. I know. So what would your rating of Gift of Tulips be, Kurt? Um, I think I would rare it. I believe <laughs> English. Um, I think I would rate it a fair player. Um, again, this is one that surprised me. I didn't know if I would. I didn't know if I'd like it. Um, I shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but yeah, there's just what lies beneath is is a great game. It's it's streamlined. It's fun. It's easy to learn. Easy to play. Easy to teach. Um, the art is beautiful. Like I really dig it. 
I can tell it's one of those that we will probably play a decent amount because of how much fun we had. Plus, we played this with Logan, and he's like, I love it. And then he's like, well, I don't love it, but I really like it. And I'm like, I could tell it it resonated with him because he, you know, you can always tell when somebody really likes a game because it's one of those that they kind of brighten up when they play it or they hear about it and stuff like that. And so to know that, you know, it feels like all of us, I'm not going to speak for Tracy. I'll let her, let her give her um, two cents or whatever. But I feel like when we played, I felt like we all had a lot of fun. So I think this will get a fair amount of plays in the future. So that's why I rated it what I did. What about you? Um, I kind of am toggling between fair player and collection keeper. Actually. Whoa, nice. I know. Very nice. Um, so if we had like a, like a 0.5 in there. <laughs> no, no 0.5. Like, like a betweener <laughs> in between those two, that's what I would pick because I feel like, well, I'd want to play it more than a fair player, but less than a collection keeper. I didn't give you a straightforward answer on that. No, you didn't. That was I know. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> but this is the episode I'm leading, so I can do what I want. Oh, okay. I know. So Breaking all the rules. So the reason why I'm picking that is because I feel like this is a great um, pickup game that, like you had alluded to before, I think it's easy enough to explain to somebody um, to be able to get it, but it has enough strategy that they'll or it has enough depth and strategy that they'll be able to kind of work through it and decide how they want to play it. But I also think that it goes fast enough that it could be a nice filler game. I don't think it's like a super fast filler game, but I think it it has a little bit more of meat and potatoes than, you know, let's say like Love Letter or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I'm having a hard time picking between the two because I I feel like if amongst all the games that we have, that's kind of where I struggle between picking between the two because we have so many games that we can pick mm-hmm. that it probably, I'd probably lean tor- more towards fair player only because we have so many other games too. Yeah. But I think that Sarah Perry and her team of all these collaborators did an awesome job mm-hmm. at doing this game. Like Kurt alluded to, we knew nothing about this. And worked through it, played the prototype, and were not that we had like not that we thought we wouldn't like it or anything, but we had no expectations because we didn't know we hadn't heard about it. So we, I guess, we really just, we dig this game. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I would, not I guess, I would recommend having everyone check out the Kickstarter on March 2nd. I feel like, I believe they're charging, what, $19? Yeah, I think it was $19. Yep. $19 to kickstart it. Sarah wasn't sure in the first, the beginning part of the episode. Um, she thought it was a little bit, or she wasn't positive. So we we were able to look at the Kickstarter page. It is ni- going to be $19 to fund this. I would fund it. Totally worth it. Yeah, I think. it totally is. It's one of those two that like, you, were just, you were kind of alluding to, and I, I will kind of just elaborate a little bit on it. Like, 
it's one of those that plays quick enough. It could be one of those that you even just like, if you had like a little table that's by your couch, you could easily break this out and play it with somebody like super quick. Yeah. You know, or you could, you know, it's, I, it's, it's a little more involved than like sitting in line and playing, but you could like go to a coffee shop and play this really easy. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those, it's, it's one of those little box games that I think would get a lot of play if we had, you know, if we had, if we wanted to play something small and quick, you know, in between games or something like that. Well, and by quick, I think more so like not too much to be able to introduce somebody to. For sure. Definitely. Because so. it's, look, I, you know, again, I go back to Logan you know, our, our son who's 10 years old, sometimes he doesn't want us to teach him games because he's like, I have to learn all these new things and now I have to figure out how to play it. But like this is, again, it's just so quick and easy to teach that you don't have to go through with somebody like, okay, you have to remember all these certain things and now we can play the game. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, what was I doing there? You know, you can really kick it into it pretty quickly. Yeah, or he wants us to make sure we know all the ins and outs of the game before we teach it to him so that we don't have to look at the rules and walk through that because then that irritates him. And I'm sure that there are other people out there that are like that, not just kids, mm-hmm. um, that there are adults that just want to know so that they can start playing Yep. because they shut down when people start getting out the rules because they're like, darn it. Like they should know this game mm-hmm. or what, what not. So, but yeah, go out and get the game. Yeah. March 2nd. That's right. Fund it. 19 okay. bucks. Yeah. Weird Draft Games Kickstarter page for Gift of Tulips by Sarah Perry. That's right. And thanks for listening. If you like what you heard here, leave comments on our Facebook page at MFGCast, on our Twitter pages at MFGCast, or at Mrs. Aug, A-U-G. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on... Oh my goodness, we're everywhere. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to that. Yes, please. We're trying to get that up and running. That would be great because we're, again, we're trying to make more videos and and we want to make sure that, we want to know that you're out there watching and participating. So please check us out. Yep. And until next time, I'm Tracy. And I'm Kurt. And this was the MFG cast. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.